Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. So we have had some very interesting Airbnb experiences. We've had many, yes. We have. We've had from the highs, which I would say one of the best experiences we had was with, with new well, family member, with Karen, Karen. Yep. In Black Canyon. In Black Canyon, in Montrose, PA. I mean, in Montrose. <laughs> Colorado. Colorado. Montrose, Colorado. And then we've definitely had some very interesting Airbnb experiences, like our plastic bed sheets, um, sure. bells, ball gown, and striped walls. And striped walls. Empty wine bottles in, in Akron, Akron Ohio. Ohio. So, you know, we've definitely run, I feel like, the gamut of Airbnbs. But yes. I would have to say for most, the most part, whenever we've stayed in Airbnb, everything is great. Like, yeah. I mean, despite the plastic sheets and everything, the place was still clean. You know what I mean? Like, it was clean. It just was yes, funny sure. to like, you know, we, experience I've, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What have been some of your favorite experiences in our travels when it's come to. Well, I think the best one ever was Savannah, Georgia. Oh. <laughs> um, we talk about that in we our talk Florida about that in episodes. Florida trail mix. Um, that one, um, if you haven't listened Watch to that. Watch the skeleton key. <laughs> that is, it was a skeleton key situation. Mm-hmm. The host was, it was this older gay couple in this like house, gigantic house full of secrets. That was my most memorable. What about for you? One that I really liked was the one that we stayed at in Bangor, Maine, um, Mm -hmm. which like was its like own separate entrance to an upstairs apartment that had a big living room, a kitchen and a nice bedroom, the best water pressure, the best water, the best freaking water pressure ever. And like a claw footed tub. And it just was like really nice and kind of like we were, in Bangor, but like not right downtown. So it was right. like we walked to breakfast that one. It was good. That was a good one. I, yeah. I really enjoyed that one. I liked it too. Then there are the ones that aren't so great. <laughs> then there are the ones that are just, you know, a little left of center. Like it's like, yeah, I, I totally get strange and yeah. I totally get quirk. We do try to stay in spaces when we know that we'll have more private space to mm-hmm. ourselves versus yeah. having to share so much. And we did have that in, in this place that we stayed in Cortez, Colorado. We had a mix of things in <laughs> Cortez. <laughs> well, we had a I mix of things. I don't know that I would say that we had that. <laughs> well, we did have a room to ourselves we and did. a bathroom to ourselves. We did. That were upstairs away from everything. Right. First of all, the host was very nice. He oh, was a he's great certainly guy. kind. Cortez he... was also sort of like a one-house horse town when it came to trying to find like an Airbnb. Yeah, so it yeah. was really difficult to like... We I remember just scouring to try to find anything yes. near there that was like easy. Even like a, I think we looked for hotels and they were either like crazy priced or just far, yeah, far yeah. away. They were far we were like, we think he has children. We think oh, he no, has he adult had children. children. Yeah, like adult children. Because we saw them in photographs that were Yeah, that were like the from place. the 80s. Like yeah. they were like the same age as us probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe a little younger. I'm always curious when like there's just like a ton of cars parked in oh, yeah. a driveway. And there were a number of cars parked mm-hmm. in this driveway when we arrived. And he's like, oh yeah, you're the only Airbnb guest. And we were like, okay. He's like, yeah, over there I have a roommate or I ran out that right, guest part of the house, yeah. house or that 
this other side of the house yeah. that we could not access. Right. Because it was big, but there was this whole other section. I yeah. guess he turned it into like two family. Yeah. Yeah. And he said a teacher lives there. Yeah. And then his lady was there. No. Or his lady was coming no, over. No, she was coming over. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, so, um, oh, because I don't think he gave us a key. That was why. Oh, he's like, I'll be home most days. He was like, yeah. I'm always here. And yeah. And if I'm not here, my roommate's here. You know, yeah. That's somebody, kind of, so yeah. he's like, the door is just always open. Yeah. Which is always a little weird. Yeah. But it is what it is. Yeah. And then he was like, um, yeah. And then later, my girlfriend's coming over around 9 30. <laughs> and we're like, all right, great. 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 But then it was like, you know, I, you know, like, he said, like, we could use the kitchen whenever we wanted yeah. to. But it was like, well, if his girlfriend and him are watching TV downstairs like right in the there. living room, yeah. uh, we can't really go into the kitchen. Yeah. You know, like, I don't yeah. really want to go into, you know. That's like the first time I feel like we've been in an Airbnb situation where I really felt like um, we were truly guests in someone's home as, like, opposed to, like paying gas. You know what I mean? It almost yes. felt like I was an incon not an inconvenience, but like an afterthought sort of. Oh, like that's yeah. what it sort of thought. Like and I <laughs> listen, listen, that's what you're you're renting your house on Airbnb. I get it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those spaces come with different quirks and different things. So and different yeah. But um, different aspects for different folks. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how the rhyme goes, but we'll we'll go with it. Looking for adventure, I want to follow on the trail Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky, don't wake the sun There's so much to be done, and the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real, you can feel You can open your eyes, and open your heart when you get at the National Park At the National Park At the National Park Follow you, I'll follow you We would like to start this episode by recognizing that while hiking in Mesa Verde National Park, that we were on the traditional and stolen lands of the Ute and Pueblo people. After hiking the Point Lookout Trail, we went and had dinner in town at a local place and then found the Airbnb, met the host, found the room, and then we we immediately were just like, I'm laying here and I'm doing nothing. Yeah. We were very tired. Then we sort of made a plan for the following day. Mm-hmm. We went to sleep and we got up very early and we headed over to hike this trail called Canyon of the Ancients. Right. Which, which is part of a place called Canyon of the Ancients. Right. It was the um, Sand Creek Trailhead. And that is something we're going to talk a little bit more about in a Tromex episode, because it is a site that's right near Mesa Verde, and it's totally worth doing. But we're going to leave that for a future conversation. We knew that we had a two o'clock ticket time to see Cliff Palace. So we knew we also had some time in the morning to do some things offsite, um, which is why we went to do that hike. But We also knew that there were some things that we definitely wanted to see at Mesa Verde. After leaving that hike, we headed down County Road G to the entrance station, which is right off of 160. Like we said in our last episode, we had already purchased our tickets um, for Cliff Palace, which is something... You can only do there and in person. And something we definitely recommend planning for multiple days at Mesa Verde, depending on the peak times of the season. Definitely something to consider for your trip as opposed to just like showing up and hoping there'll be some that day because it's probably not going to be the case. Probably not. We were really trying to figure out like what we wanted to do when we were in the park during that time. And there was another hike that was possible to do that the ranger had mentioned to us. And that hike was the Petroglyph Trail. So in order to do that, we had to do some more driving. That's right. We had earmarked that trail as something that we wanted to do. We started by driving in and we went to the Chapin Mesa Archaeology Museum, which is right near Spruce Treehouse and Cliff Palace. 
I had seen this. They had talked about it. I was like, I really, really think we should prioritize going to this museum. I really want to see what is there. So we spent some time wandering through this museum. And I really loved it. It's extremely educational. It tells the story of the Ute people, the Pueblo people. It contains and preserves a lot of the artifacts. It also contains like a ton of artwork that was created during that time. Also new artwork by various resident artists. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love museums, don't get me wrong. But like when there's hiking involved, I'm just like ready to hit the trails. Um, and you I don't feel, say. Yeah, I know, right? Color me shocked. Um, but I do feel like this is the one museum where we had the time to really like meander a little bit. And I really took the time to look at each of the exhibit cases. And it's clear some of these exhibits have been in place for a very long time. We actually even sat in the movie theater to watch the movie Something about Something you never let me do. I know. I was feeling generous this you day. I was just like generous. showering you with gifts. Um, <laughs> but th- I remember the movie theater feeling very old. Like it was, it yeah. also was kind of built in this sort of almost like a Spanish style of architecture. I feel like the museum itself like had that sort of flair yeah, to it. Yeah. Um, and they had a lot of cases that had different flora from the area, um, different fauna, so taxidermied animals. There was a lot of information on their artistry, which I just was like glued to and fascinated by um, their ceramics, their uh, weaving. They really had a lot to kind of appreciate. It was very different from the visitor center, which was gleaming and brand new. This had a lot of love to it. It was very clear. Um, but it was very old. Um, So it was definitely like a really sharp contrast between the two, which was interesting. But we did spend, I think, probably the most amount of time we've spent in like a visitor center museum space there. We did our Canyon of the Ancients hike in the morning and then really wanted to make sure we had time to do the museum and this hike before we had to be at Cliff Palace, which you have to be at Cliff Palace on time. So it was yes. really important. The ranger told us, you know, kind of a big idea of how long it would take to do Petroglyph's Trail when we talked to him the day prior. So we kind of had a, a good idea of what we were walking into. So um, I think we did come back into the museum after we did that trail because we did like a gift shop run then. And we like looked through there because they we had did. a pretty nice we gift shop there that. too. Yeah. And I think you were also still lusting after those books. And you were like, oh, maybe there's different books here. There were. There, <laughs> there were. And there I were. looked through all of them. I <laughs> and there all were. of them. One of the other things we found out too, which I was unaware of, is about the artist in residency program. Yes. So different national parks have artist in residence that come to the parks and create artwork about them. Dusty had mentioned seeing older paintings and newer paintings, and some of those newer paintings were by different resident artists that were there in years prior. So that was really cool to see, because I don't think... I'd seen that in another national park. No, and I know that, that they exist. It was nice to see them in a gallery. You know, there was like room and they were incorporated like throughout the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, yeah. And I know that not every national park has a museum. Right. This was not only a history museum. This was also an art museum. Yeah, it was a real lovely treat. And it's definitely something that, especially if you're going to go to Spruce Tree House or if you're going to get tickets to see Cliff Palace, it's definitely something that I think the both of us would recommend and really oh, recommend certainly. spending the time to do. So the nice thing about it is that it is literally sort of at the top of the path, which would lead you down to Spruce Tree House and the trail for Petroglyph Trail. Right. Which is where we headed next. And with that, let's take our first break. It's time for one of our favorite games. That is one letter change. That's right. Now, let's talk about some trash rules that you dropped on me this summer. <laughs> You're like, well, you know, that means you can add a letter or remove a letter, too. Okay, and I'm for the like, record. Trash. Me, <laughs> I presented that to you, and you were like, yeah, I like that. No. Okay, fine. That is false. And you agreed to those That's rules. False. Nope. And then... I created a category and used them, and you were like, you can't do that. That's not a change. This is That's an addition or subtraction. Falsehoods. Not a, no, it's not. I make up stories falsehoods all the time. I'm not making up rules. lies, fairy tales, and fallacies this right now. Is a rule book? No. <laughs> Great. Well, I didn't do any of that. I didn't either. Great, because your Great. rules are trash. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, great. you just don't remember agreeing to them. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, great. Let's do this. We've got, I think, three clues for one another. Yep. Great. Would you like to begin? Sure. This is what you might say out loud while crocheting. Uh, the tools that you're working with uh, don't do exactly what you want them to do. Bitch, Stitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I thought, okay. but I'll take it. Um, would it be hook something? Not a no, hook. No, think Needle? about the other thing that you're working with other than the hook. Yarn? Darn yarn. Yep, there you go. Bitch stitch. I like that though. <laughs> um, okay, this would be um, some garbage that's really rude and abrasive. Brash trash. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you are. You're some brash trash. This is the air <laughs> that comes out of this venomous snake's mouth and it has hinged fangs. Is it? Well, this could be an asp gasp if you added the letter. True. Yeah, but it's but not. it's not that. Because you didn't do that. You told me that. Because you threw a fit last time. I did. I it's not a cobra, is it? No. No. Um, They're often very fast. Oh, God. That's like a nightmare. <laughs> yep. I don't know. What's the snake? What is viper vapor? Ah, viper vapor. If you had to bus tables and serve food at an event with a bunch of other people, that's like from midnight to 3 a.m., you might be doing this. Well, it's really dark. It's like the witching hour, right? Mm-hmm. Does that have anything no, to do with it? it doesn't. You're, it you're doing it with a bunch of other people. It's an catering? event. You've got part... That's part of the word. Yeah. Oh, okay. So You've it's gone like a little too far. Midnight cater. Cater waiter. If you're doing it between midnight and 3 a.m., you're doing... Later cater. You're doing a later cater. Got it. Mm -hmm. This is an antibacterial agent that you might use to cleanse your hands if it were made out of cream of mushroom. (laughs) Uh, What is soup goop? No. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yoop. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What is an antibacterial agent used to clean your hands? Aloe. No. Sanitizer. Alcohol. Oh my God. Or your body or your face or what your hair. Soap? What is soap soup? Thank you. Soup soap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Honey. This is a puzzle that ties your head into a knot by using three strands. Three strands? Yeah. Is mind one of the words? Brain? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A brain. If you tie it into a knot using three strands, what would that be? Oh, oh. A brain braid. There you go. I couldn't figure out how to like ah. give the clue for brain without saying brain. Yeah, I guess I, guess I could have so. said mind. Stitch, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> right on the other side of the museum, you're basically on the path that will bring you to the Petroglyph Trail, and it faces the Spruce Tree House. They often say, like, make sure you go outside walk down and look out so that you can see it. In Mesa Verde, all of these dwellings are inside of cliffs. They are built underneath a cliff's edge. So tell us a little bit about Spruce Tree House, Mike. Spruce Tree House is the third largest cliff dwelling. Cliff Palace and Longhouse, which we did not go to, are larger. And it was constructed about 1211 to 1278 CE by the ancestors of the Pueblo peoples of the Southwest. The dwellings contain about 130 rooms and eight kivas, which are also known as ceremonial chambers. And they're built into a natural alcove measuring 216 feet at its greatest width and 89 feet at its greatest depth. And it's thought to have been the home for about 60 to 80 people. And that information comes directly from NPS. The Spruce Tree House was opened for visitation following excavation in 1908 by Dr. Jesse Walter Fuchs of the Smithsonian Institute. He removed the debris of fallen walls and roofs and stabilized the remaining walls that were there. Spruce Tree House was closed as in you couldn't take a tour of it in the way that you could 
Saycliff Palace. But we could see it. You basically had to position yourself right in the right spot on the other side of that museum while you were starting to enter, you know, where you needed to be for the Petroglyph Trail. And from there, you could really see what it looked like right inside of that cliff. This is one of my favorite things about Mesa Verde, is being able to get up close and see all of the homes and dwelling spaces that the indigenous people of this area had created. The really cool thing about Spruce Tree House is it is visible from afar. Um, and it does look like this kind of giant scar on the rock. It gets narrow at one end and it narrows at the other. There's a wider section in the middle. You can see a lot of what there is to offer. It's still very far away when you're on the path by the museum, but even as you're hiking down on the trail to head towards the Petroglyphs Trail, it is something that is still visible through the tree line and things like that. The reason that it's closed, there's a natural sandstone arch that's present in the Spruce Tree House alcove, and it's just above the cliff dwelling. Again, this is just directly from NPS. Early stabilization work was performed in the 1940s, and additional stabilization work was completed in the 1960s. However, natural erosion processes, including the settling of the arch, have been affected by the early stabilization work. So modern engineering techniques may be necessary to ensure to continue the stability of the arch. In 2015, there was a rock fall, and that put a kibosh on any sort of touring to happen there because Spruce Tree House, it was a self-guided tour. So you didn't need a ticket for it. You would be able to walk right over to it, which as we were headed down the trail, there is a juncture that you would hit very soon after you started to descend onto the trail towards the Petroglyph Trail that becomes a giant loop that you could have gone on that would have taken you and looped you right under that sandstone alcove basically and you'd be able to go right up to most of the structure there so unfortunately that was closed and we just had our views from afar but like dusty said being able to see those spaces even though they were distant it's impressive it's it's really just to to see what was possible and to see that the space was used and was important for fortification as well as for livability and survivability. It's clear how innovative the ancient Pueblo people were when it came to what they did at Mesa Verde because this is not the only instance and we will obviously be seeing more of these sites. So it's clear that this is just one of many and one of many of their innovations. So after seeing Spruce House, it was time to make our way toward the Petroglyph Trail. You have to come down some sort of like steep, pretty steep. Like macadam. It's like a blacktop, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Petroglyph's Trail is technically a loop. Yeah. And so like you could get to the Petroglyph's the other direction without going down that steep That's pitch. true. That's true. As we were making our way down there you get to a fork that says you know the petroglyph trail is to the left or you could go to the spruce canyon which is to the right so we headed off to the left and it took us up a bunch of stairs you're like curving around to the outside and you're going to the other side of where spruce tree house was the sort of way this trail works is that you follow along the edge of that for mm-hmm. a little while yeah um but in order to make our way up to the uh petroglyphs trail we had to walk up those stairs, and then it brought us through a bunch of very large boulders. With that, let's take our next break. It's time for Drag Corner. Please welcome to the stage. Frida Lays. Frida Lays. Frida Lays. We came up, I mean, she's been on the list a while, but did we come up with this name while in Mesa Verde? I'm pretty sure. I'm oh. pretty sure I scoured our, our names from that time. because we Is will... Free of Mind nearby? No, Free of Mind is recent. She's more recent. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just the... With Freya Charge. She's and Freya also, Charge, yeah. yeah she's she's there on too. there, too. Yeah, Frida Lays. Frida I mean, Lays. Let's talk about those twisty freaking Frida Lays. Um, you, okay. Yeah. Let's reveal a secret. <laughs> and is that it? is this. If, if Mike is disappointed about something, <laughs> if it's like, oh, we weren't able to get this thing, or we weren't able to go here, then that is code for me to go into a store... Mm-hmm. And buy honey barbecue mm-hmm. Frito twists. Ugh. 
And then suddenly things are better. The world is bright again. <laughs> the world is bright again. So I think Frida Lays probably was like a byproduct of this at some point yes. in Mesa Verde. Like my disappointment about everything. <laughs> um, well, that's, just like that's more boiled just over. a constant. Right. It is a constant. So who is Frida Lays? Frida Lays. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we have, I mean, we have a few ways we could go mm-hmm. here, right? I feel like also, it's... Also, I feel like her last name should be L-A-Z-E. I like lounges. that too. I like yeah. that. I like that. Frida Lays. Yeah. I was going to say, you could also go L-E-I-S, and mm-hmm. she could be Hawaiian mm-hmm. if oh. you wanted to. Um, Frida Lays. I, I don't like want her to necessarily be like a... a <laughs> A potato chip queen. <laughs> I feel what like is that even? I feel like a potato chip queen would be. And I yeah. Now I want to know what is mm, a potato chip queen. That's a good question. I feel like a Hers. potato chip queen <laughs> would be like a drag queen that like you get. She's like a side of potato chips. It's like mm-hmm. crispy, comfort, salty, salty. Yeah, that's a potato chip mm-hmm. queen. Sure, dependable. <laughs> you always know. If potato chips are, are involved, it's like, all right, and well, airy, at least there's that. Because, you know, there's so much air in the bag. Oh, yeah. there's always so much air, air in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mixed metaphors yeah. now. <laughs> yep, just going for it. So, yeah, who's free to lays? I mean, I do feel like she, she has a lust for life. She is sort of this larger than life fill a room. I mean, isn't that most drag queens? But oh, well, I do I mean, feel yeah. like she is a hundred percent over the top like at all times there's like never a dull moment with Frida mm-hmm. Lays um I feel like she has gigantic hair like oh, her yeah. hair is always huge yeah like bouffants for days yes huge mm-hmm. and I also feel like her wig colors are not natural hair colors no they're, they're like, like neon yeah vibrant mm-hmm. and her outfits match that like great it's like I'm a katie perry music video. she's like <laughs> and so there's something bright something circus something mm-hmm. uh yeah i feel like she would be like a host like if you were going to see a drag oh, show yeah she would be the MC mm-hmm. all night and mm-hmm. like her outfit would change every time oh yeah right it'd be like um kirstie alley and uh drop dead gorgeous she'd always have a different like always ball gown on, have a different but it ball would be gown. the same cut of the gown <laughs> it would just be a different color right right and can you believe it they still fit <laughs> um yeah we're just all over the place how now. many drop dead gorgeous references can we make in a single all season i feel like she sings let's get live oh interesting i was also i think just thinking right is that the title free of that mind song? like free your mind mm-hmm. she would also do that song that's the title. Is that the title of that song? Let's get alive. Is it? Is I that? Think it, n- no. I think it's Let's Get Loud. Is it Let's Get Loud? Yeah, I think you're right. Right. By, by J Lo? Is that is what you're it, talking about? Is it J Lo? This is like a revoking of my gay card right now. No, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, J Lo, Let's Get Loud. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes I don't hear the things. That's like, okay. You know? Concrete, Just like concrete jungle where wet dreams are made. <laughs> <laughs> concrete bunghole where dreams, dreams are, are made, made up. up. Nothing you can do. Right. I mean, right. that's what or, you thought. Like, or I'll become your wet dream tomato. That's what it is. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rihanna. Which is why you thought that Carly Rae Jepsen song was about a collie baby <laughs> for so long. Right. Like, because you were just a fan of Lassie. That's true. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so she's like a big giant host queen. She's got <laughs> lots of beautiful outfits that are gigantic. And like and larger chunky than jewelry. Big chunky. Ju- she is <laughs> just over the top yeah. in all ways. Yes. Yeah. Just like potato chips. <laughs> Please welcome to the stage, Frida Lays. After we'd made our way up to the beginning of the Petroglyphs Trail, the first section is really a bunch of narrow rocks. It was kind of fun because we were like, I guess this is the way we have to go. Because there were some people ahead of us and behind us. And like we could see them headed through these narrow rocks. And we were like, well, I guess this is what we're doing. Yeah, I don't think we really had a gauge to kind of know what it was going to be like. Other than at some point we were going to see petroglyphs. And that's all we knew. We didn't right. even really have any sort of picture in mind of and what that would be. it was a two and a half mile trail. Mm-hmm. And we were like, all right, this isn't too bad. And it's a loop. So yeah. by the time we get to the end, we'll be back at the beginning. Right. 
Look at that. Just like life. <laughs> right. So we start making our way through all of these narrow passages. After you get through this section, that's when you start moving into sort of a more wooded area. There's a top of a cliff's edge above you, mm-hmm. and you are down below, hiking along the side of it on a path that was carved along the side of this mesa. It's not that narrow. I didn't really feel like on a very thin razor edge of a trail at any point here. It's a pretty wide trail for the most part, except when you're going through narrow boulders, but all felt pretty safe. And basically you kind of, as you're hiking, you encounter a bunch of these overhangs. It's not long after the section of boulders that we sort of get to this first like overhanging section that is basically like if you could come in with a drill and like bore along the edge of something and leave like sort of the the curved edge in the rock but have it open to the right that's the best way that I can describe it it sort of felt like that looking up at the rock that's above us because this is more of like a pronounced overhang the way the rock was shaped it was these like wild three-dimensional patterns in it yes. um, which must have been through water erosion and wind over time but it was really really neat to see um, so, so that, all that yeah. to say when you're hiking the petroglyph trail keep looking up because yeah. there's really amazing well, stuff above just you. keep looking everywhere because there's amazing stuff like yeah, yeah. this was a surprise trail I think for me really for sure. it was a surprise to me too yeah. because I thought we were just gonna you know walk a little ways out to see some petroglyphs and then come back. But um, yeah, to me, it felt a little bit like the Watchman Trail in Zion. Mm -hmm. Only because, mainly because it's like, you're along the side of a mesa. You're hiking along the side of it for a little while until you finally get to the top. There's definitely a lot more woods here than there was in Zion. um, But just sort of the, you know, geological construction of it felt similar to Mm. me. Okay. As we're hiking, we kind of get very lost in the trail in the fact that it's like extremely beautiful. The cliff is to your left. The woods are to your right um, in the way that we were hiking out. And it is, it's very dense, but it's also super shady like the entire time for the most part. We were in the way the sun was. We were really in the thick of the quote unquote woods, which we weren't really in the woods, but there were a lot of trees and a lot of tree cover. So it it kept us pretty cool the entire time with the sun breaking through here and there. And the trail itself is mostly pretty flat. There are some boulders, obviously, that you have to traverse and a little bit of loose rock in here and there. But I don't think that it was like, it wasn't too bumpy. It wasn't like an uneven trail. Like I didn't feel like that on the way. No, not at all. I felt very safe. And you are pretty high up in the air. Yeah. Even uh, for someone who is afraid of heights, it's, there was no concerns for me during any of that. Mm-mm. I really liked this trail. You have to go all the way to the very end to get to any petroglyphs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And along the way, you start to see some things. Like there are some other overhangs and you start to see some rock walls. That I think started to get me a little bit more excited about the potential of seeing grander ruins and grander archaeological sites because there were these little spots along the way where it was clear that these were maybe like outposts or something they weren't like super well intact but they were it was clear that it was a wall or a fortification of some sort that was there at some point. It's a really beautiful day we like had a perfect day the second day in Mesa Verde it was really sunny but we like I said because we're in the tree cover pretty much because it's mostly conifers, firs, pines, and other uh, like spruces and things like that. We're pretty much like in like the shade for most of the day. And it's, it's very different from, I feel like a lot of the desert trails that we've hiked where it's very open. It's definitely different from the point lookout that we'd done the day Certainly. before. Yeah. Um, and totally different in what the expectation was because I yeah. was like, point lookout was fine. But this was really like, oh, this is like, talk about an adventure here. It was really an adventure. Yeah. And you get stunning views on your right the entire time. I mean, while you're in like, what is this first half of the loop? I feel like there are breaks, like it's a lot of trees to the right, but then you do get those like every now and again, you get a Spruce Canyon view. Yeah. Yeah. Views over to the right. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. 
we pass a family eventually that had like some young kids. They were like, mm-hmm. okay, it's okay. Just go, go ahead of us. They must've started way ahead of us and we caught up to them. So they're like, just go beyond us. It's fine. Like they had like a little kid on the trail. I don't know if you remember that. Um, I do. Remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were like, just keep going. And so eventually we get to about the middle point of the trail. And basically it's the point where you're about to turn and bank up. Yes. To go on top of this, like, mesa, mesa essentially. Right. And there are your petroglyphs. That's where yeah. you see the like petroglyphs. The, the trees sort of end because you start to ascend up, and there are these petroglyph panels. Yeah. They were really, really different from mm-hmm. the panels that we had seen before. One thing that stood out to me is that there were several points where there were handprints like very prominent handprints in the rock that had clearly been like chiseled out um, to sign that panel or to to leave that mark Um, and that's something you see in in cave paintings a lot as a a signature there were lots of images of people animals Mm -hmm. Um, I got a close-up photo of these two birds facing each other Petroglyphs are so fascinating. Each panel of petroglyphs in each different space look totally different. Right. And they're at different sizes. And like, you know, I think I might have been expecting like this sort of giant sweeping amount of petroglyphs. But this was actually just like a tiny, not tiny, but a small concentration of petroglyphs in one area. Mm-hmm. Even if there weren't petroglyphs, the trail itself was great. Like this was, the petroglyphs were truly a bonus but also like a highlight of the trail so something to definitely like consider and think about the wild thing is is like a lot of the times with petroglyphs you can't get that close to them but we were very no. close and i think essentially it's like there was a sign that was like don't touch right them. it was yeah. like you obviously and you, the oils on your skin can oh yeah don't touch totally them. damage everything Ever. those are you know all things that come into play but um it's like you have to hope that people are on their best behavior and on the honor system out there because this is literally very remote. Um, very remote. And it's interesting to see that being a point where these were, obviously this trail was not this trail hundreds or thousands of years ago, but this clearly was an important space for these petroglyphs to be. Or this trail was a thoroughfare for yep. traffic for a specific reason. Sure. Traveled for function. Right. At that point is when you turn to go kind of straight up to get to the top of the mesa, mm-hmm. which is kind of like we had to do some bouldering in order to get up there. You definitely like had to do some hands. Yeah, I guess some bouldering, some light bouldering, I would say. Yeah, like, it wasn't like hands on rocks, bouldering. like, you know, pushing yourself up a little bit here and there. But like you could climb up without having to use your upper body strength if you needed to. Um, it just was more for stabilization, I feel like. You kind of get this amazing view of Spruce Canyon, which I think we didn't do the Spruce Canyon trail. I don't believe that it was closed. I just think it was going to take too long and we didn't have enough time to do that petroglyphs and cliff house without right. running into some potential like time, time yeah, issue. So yeah, that was why we decided to do the petroglyph trail, right. not the Spruce Canyon yeah, trail. Yeah, and that um, takes you along the edge of the canyon as well. But this was like a really fantastic view looking into the canyon um, and seeing it was very, very green too. That's the thing. Like... I do feel like Mesa Verde, obviously, Green Table, um, it lived up to its name. Certainly. Yeah. And that was really interesting to see sort of desert-ish. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. Plateau, Colorado Plateau, but it was, you know, for areas, for that area that is so close to being desert, to be sort of desert, but also green is, you know, super cool. Yeah, it was super lush, and the colors were really great. Um, But basically at the top you're kind of like oh okay you've made it it's just flat rock for the most part at this point flat rock with very very wide open spaces for the most part we get this great view of the canyon and then you kind of keep hiking there are so many fantastic views along the way but for the most part you're not super close to the canyon's edge or the, the edge of that um, no, mesa no. top. You're, you're like right set back. in the center yeah. and like, yeah. Yep. And sometimes you're winding through just 
these like this underbrush and some trees. I do remember like kind of going through like more wooded sort of areas. But then there are times where it's very just open. I remember on our way back after we had gotten to the top and we uh, were now just headed back on the top of this flat rock. It was just like, boop, 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 boop. I mean, we were booking it. It was very, very quick. We definitely stopped to like snack up at the top and just like sort of take in everything because with a view like that, it's something you have to do. The one thing that, you know, I do feel like Mesa Verde was really good with so many things, but like many things in Colorado, there were very few Karens, if any. I don't remember any sign. No. I mean, there was the sign that there was said the sign, to the Petroglyph right. Trail, and there was the sign that said to the Spruce, Spruce Canyon, Canyon Trail. Trail. But that was about it. That was yeah. it. So it, that not that it. it was confusing, but there were some points where it was like, oh, is it this way or is it that way? Like Right toward the end yeah. is where it was a little confusing. Yeah. So when you were walking along all the way back, right, you get to this point where you're like, oh... I can see the museum now. Yeah. And I can see down below because you're essentially right above Spruce Tree House. Spruce Tree House. Right, which is cool. You're standing up there and you're like, okay, I have to get, we have to get back over there. And there were a couple of small Karens that had been put in place. Mm Mm-hmm. That sort of just guided you like, okay, now. Because you had to like swing like a wide berth basically around the bowl that was below you, which is where like before Spruce Tree House, like the area before that archway. So you had to kind of do this wide swing around back to the museum. Yeah. It spits you out right there back at the, you know, right there at the museum. Right. Right at the gift shop. Yeah. (laughs) Right at the gift shop. Basically right into the gift shop. We walked right in there. We did have some other time to kill. Um, before we needed to head to Cliff Palace. So we spent that time back in the museum hitting anything that we might have missed on the first time, including looking at more books and some gifts for friends and loved ones. That's right. All right, let's put the Petroglyphs Trail of Mesa Verde on the Karen Stone scale. For me, it's a three. For you, it's a three. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm... I'm going to say a four. Okay. Which we is did what this we did last before. time too. Mm-hmm. But um, for those of you who may be new to the Karen Stone scale, this is our way of rating how strenuous a hike is. Uh, yeah, I would give it a four just because it's like, yeah, there's those narrow rocks that you gotta, you know, get through. Um, you know, sometimes the terrain is a little up and down, but um, it's not too bad. I, I guess so. I, I think it, just also seeing kids, like very young kids on the hike, I'm like, yeah, this is a hike that's doable. Like, you're right, there is some up and down, but the top part, the whole like half of the loop, which is just flat. I mean, if you really wanted to do the hike, but not deal with the the bumpier sort of like change in, slight change in elevation up and down sort of part of the hike, just hike the flat top. Hike, hike, hike the flat, the flat top. top. And you then just go, do the, go see the petroglyphs yeah. and loop back. It's still going to be about the same distance because yep. you got it's like a there and back then as opposed to a loop. So, but I do think it's pretty magical to do that part like right along the edge of the, you know, the cliff. So it is. I recommend. Highly recommend. <laughs> and let's end this episode with some Jeopardy style trivia. All right, Dusty, why don't you hit us with your Jeopardy first? Okay. Are you ready? I will try to do my best. I'm having post-trauma from our last Jeopardy episode. <laughs> episode. <laughs> you did pretty good, didn't right. you? You got three out of five. That's not all. <laughs> That's three all right. Are you ready for my category? I will try to be. My category is called Windows to the Past. So there is a spot in Mesa Verde called Windows to the Past. Mm. We didn't get to see it because that road was closed. Got it. This is all about songs with the word past in them. If I could turn back time. Right. Now that would be a song about time travel or the past. Right. Uh, But this actually contains the word past in them. You're not always identifying the song. Great. So here we go. For 100. Let's get live. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Beyonce, can you handle this? Michelle, can you handle this? This artist, can you handle the song Past 12 that appears on her solo album, Simply Deep? 
Is it Kelly? Correct. Roland? Yes, yeah. Look at you. <laughs> Who is Kelly Roland? You got it. You texting got it. on her her spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, she was texting on the spreadsheet in that she music was. video. Oh. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. Okay. For two hundred. Mm-hmm. Before becoming known for songs like Up on the Roof, You've Got a Friend, and How Sweet It Is, this guitar-playing singer-songwriter recorded the song Places in My Past. Who is Carol King-sized? No, an incorrect. Carol King wrote the song You've Got a Friend, but she gave it to this artist who, who is, sang it first. Who's Joni Mitchell? Oh, no, no, no. no. Who is... Um, Him, he, he. Oh, sorry. Who is... She's... Uh, Fire and rain. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, why is? Yeah, I know. It's it's there. It's just not. It's just not there. James. James Taylor. Yes, James Taylor. Mm-hmm. There yep. we go. All right. For three hundred. My friend Carol King. After being discovered in a viral YouTube video, receiving feedback on her music by Pharrell Williams, singer songwriter Maggie Rogers released this titled debut album of folk pop. Songs. This is a question for me, and it's it heard it in a past life. <laughs> look at that! Yeah, you did look it. at that. And if you aren't listening to Maggie Rogers, go do so. Get She's on great. it. She's great. And for four hundred, Elton John's twenty-second studio album is entitled "This," which could also mean snoozing with the time from before. What's sleeping with the past? Nailed it. Look at that. Good work. And finally, but he's married. <laughs> Heart, don't fail me now. Courage, don't desert me. Don't turn back now that we're here. Anya sings these words in this song from the animated film and later Broadway musical Anastasia. Heart, don't fail me now. Courage, don't desert me. I don't don't know. Now that we're here. I never watched Anastasia. You've never seen it? Mm Mm-mm. Oh. I just know there's a song that's like, have you heard? There's a rumor. There's a rumor in St. Petersburg. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know it. The way you were set, you were saying that, though, I was like, Kelly Rowland, can you handle this? <laughs> you were very, like, monotone in that way. Um, Starting now, I'm learning fast on a journey. To the past. To the past. Mm. Okay. It's a great song. It is a great song. I didn't realize that Enya had a part to play. No, no, no. Enya. Didn't you say Enya? Her name in the the story is Anya. Oh, Anya. The character's (laughs) name is Anya. I am really tired. You are, are, girl. I know. Um, Enya has nothing to do with it. I thought Enya was the one that gave us that song. No, 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 no. I was like... (laughs) <laughs> and this character Anastasia in the yeah. film was her speaking voice was voiced by Meg Ryan. Oh. But her singing voice was given to us by Liz Calloway. However, you know how they always have pop songs recreate yes. songs from musical films. Uh, Aaliyah sang yeah. Journey to the Past. Aaliyah has an amazing like uh, version of Journey to the Past mm. too. Well, so. thank you for that. Rest in peace, Leah. Yes. So now it's time for my Jeopardy, and it's called "Do You Want to Build a Tree House?" And, okay. And cover it with leaves. Um. So this is about spruce tree house. This is where I took my um inspiration from, and this is all about tree houses in films and television. So I'm oh. going to describe a tree house, and you have to tell me what film or television show it is from. I'm ready. Great. The treehouse on this television show is synonymous with their Halloween episodes titled Treehouse of Horrors, but is also one of the main hangouts for this main character and his friend Millhouse. I have no idea. It's an animated show. Ooh, this was my softball clue. Oh, God. I don't know. Charlie Brown? No. They're animated and they're yellow. I... Uh, n- no? No. No. It's The Simpsons. Nope, never watched it. Oh, well. Well, you never we saw go. Anastasia. So there, there we, we go. go. <laughs> so, guess we're All even. All right. Mm-hmm. 
All right, for 200. In this film, the main character goes to a sleepover with his newly minted friends in a treehouse which overlooks the yard of their nemesis. It's here he learns of their enemy's dark past as well as how to make a classic campfire treat. Does he make s'mores? Mm-hmm. In this film about baseball and friendship... Is it the, main the Sandlot? Camp- there you go. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Let's augment the clues. Okay. For 300. Richard Tyler is a pessimistic boy who is frightened of most things. After being sent on an errand by his father, played by Ed Begley Jr., to get nails to help finish the treehouse they are building, he gets caught in a storm which forces him into the library and subsequently into a world of animated adventure in this film. What is... The Page Master. That's correct. That was a great movie. That was a great movie. Christopher Lloyd. Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-hmm. I forget who the other books were played by. <laughs> just Whoopi. But I was just like, oh, so they just took the hyenas from Lion King and put them in Page Master. Mm, no. I know. No, yeah. I, know. I mean, Whoopi was in both. And, you know, you had Macaulay Culkin as like, you know, post Home Alone, I think. I know. For 400 In an establishing scene in this film, which shows the villainy and trickery of their adversaries who have purple eyes, this main yet small and stature character uses his treehouse as an escape from a woman who offers him both a snake and a candy bar. Oh, I definitely know this. And this is what is the witches. That's correct. She can't hear you. He screams grandma over and over again. God, that movie. That was so scary. Mm. That was how my mom was like, and that's why you don't talk to strangers because they could be (laughs) witches who could offer you snakes. Mm -hmm. Do you want that? I was like, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. She's like, well, then don't. Mm -hmm. And that's why you are the way you are today. (laughs) I'm afraid. (laughs) You know, yeah, (laughs) afraid. Afraid. All right. And for 500. In this insane film about dark forces cults and calling forth of a king of hell to the living plain the fam- this family's treehouse is where all of the final action of the film takes place replete with an altar and the aforementioned cult members okay i know this because we saw this movie okay. in maine mm-hmm. and it was terrifying and we both had to go to applebee's and talk about it afterwards <laughs> we did and which like is, have comfort like have comfort food and feel better mm-hmm. about our you know the fact that we we're in the middle of nowhere, Maine. <laughs> and ha- at least had each other. Yeah. Um, what is hereditary? That's right. Look at that. God, that movie was frightening. Do you want to build a tree house? Well, there you go. There you go. This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gaze at the National Parks at gmail.com. And to learn more about Mesa Verde and the other parks talked about on the show, visit our website gaze at the national parks.com that's gaze g-a-z-e all original artwork featured on instagram and on our website is by michael ryan all original music was written by dave seaman and performed by dave seaman mariella klinger and sean Sklios. our music producer is skylar fordgang this episode was edited by dusted ballard we would also like to acknowledge that while recording this episode that we were on the traditional and stolen lands of the lenape people now known as ocean county new jersey